Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey all. You know, as a member of our Real Vision community, I want to give you something special. And that special thing is early access to our massive Black Friday sale with an incredible discount plus some more free stuff for you. You see, for me, getting prepared for 2024 is key for all of us. It's going to be a banner macro year. We've got a US election, a crypto bull market. We've got rate cuts to come. We've got technology. We've got everything at play all at the same time. And you need to be prepared for all of that. So realvision.com forward slash early Black Friday. Take advantage of the offers right now and set yourself up for an incredible 2024. Thanks. How long can the Fed stay on hold? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. With me today is Noel Atchison, editor of the Crypto is Macro Now Substack. Hey, Noel, it's great to have you back. Maggie, it's so good to be with you again. Thanks for having me. So we ha- heard from the Fed the minutes from the last meeting, um, and they are insisting that they plan to hold rates steady, had no intention of cutting rates, and yet doesn't seem like the market believes them. We've had treasury yields barely move. What do you, What is your view on this? Should we take them at their word? Higher for longer. Yes, we should, Maggie. I'm really thinking of putting that in my Twitter handle, higher for longer, because the Fed actually really does mean it. Even if the Fed didn't mean it, and it does, it would have to pretend it meant it because it needs, above all, to restore its credibility. It doesn't seem to have a lot of credibility in the market at the moment. The market is telling us this again and again and again. The Fed needs to restore that because it can't do its job if the market doesn't believe it. And there's actually no evidence whatsoever that the Fed is going to comply with the market prediction that we're going to be getting rate cuts probably before June. Last I looked this morning, I think it was the markets were signaling an 80% probability the first rate cuts will come, cuts plural even, will come before June or at the June meeting. It's um, There's no reason to think that could happen, even if, Maggie, even if something does break in the market. Well, I think that is really important. And that was my next question, because um, it seems like if you think there are no rate cuts, does that mean there's no recession? Because that's what the market's thinking, right? They see the softening data. They see that inflation moving down. This recession everybody's waiting for is coming. And so the next obvious thing is that the Fed will have to do something or become more accommodative. That's worrying if if recession's still coming or something's still going to break and it's going to get messy and there's going to be no Fed rate hike, rate, rate cuts rather. Why would that be? It all comes down to inflation. If we get a recession and inflation is convincingly low, in other words, there's not much of a chance it's going to tick up again, then the Fed will probably 
start turning the cycle around again and unwinding some of its recent hikes, but only then, and that will take some while to play out. We're not going to get that in the next six months. We're probably very unlikely to get a recession this year after all, which, you know, many of us, including myself, we're wrong on. It's not going to come this year. Could start perhaps the first quarter of next year, maybe, but given the strength of the consumer, even that's not a given yet. Second quarter next year, it's probably, you know, getting into its stride. Third quarter, fourth quarter, things are probably going to be looking a lot bleaker than they are now, but it all comes down to inflation. The recession will help bring that down for sure. It will anchor it, but not right away. I personally expect the first rate cut to come second half of next year. And I expect that they will be careful because the last thing that they can afford is for rate cuts to suddenly have the housing market explode upwards, for instance, because suddenly people can afford mortgages again and they're going to start moving. Or suddenly consumption starts uh, rocketing up or even the markets go crazy because liquidity is easing back into the market. Liquidity is still relatively easy in the market. If you look at all of the other indicators of liquidity, it hasn't really the, the rate hikes have not had that much of an effect yet. So we're a ways off from then starting to bite. And, you know, even if there is a market event, let's say there are more bank failures, or let's say there's a wave of sovereign defaults. So even if the treasury market seizes up, then the Fed would have to step in. But it wouldn't have to be through rate cuts. We saw back in March, it has many other tools in its in its, in its box. Yeah. Um I see. Uh, welcome, everyone, to the chat. It's nice to see you all. Um, I'm glad a few people are still working before the Thanksgiving holiday. It is a shortened holiday week here, so we should point that out. So we are going to be sort of jamming a lot into this. We're waiting for NVIDIA after the bell. Ralph's asking about Binance's CEO. We're going to get to some of the crypto news because there is a lot of that as well this week. Just want to finish off or, or you know, just make sure we sort of um, dot the I on a couple of these macro points. So, uh we have the situation where the Fed's hands might be tied. Do Treasury yields feel like they're fairly priced here, Noel, for that kind of outcome? Or are we ahead of ourselves in that big drop we saw in yields from, say, you know, the start of November? I think we're ahead of ourselves, Maggie. We've got some very rough auctions coming up. The ones this week have gone very well so far. I'm still trying to figure out why, to be honest. But let's face it, the demand is not necessarily going to keep up with the amount of supply that we have coming in. That's not even taking into account the issuance that we're going to be seeing early next year and in the second half of next year. So, uh, yeah, yields are probably going to be staying higher for longer, which would be a good thing, Maggie, because the Fed has often said that, and, and minutes reflected this also, that the higher rates, the higher yields, do part of the tightening work for them. If the yields start to come down fast, then that does put an, at least a, one more rate hike, maybe two back on the table, which, of course, would send the rates back up again, so it's self-correct. The market is not quite ready yet for the yields to come down, just in terms of tightening, in terms of softening the activity and in terms of bringing consumption down. So it's too soon for them to, for the 10-year, for instance, to head down to 4% yet. Mm. So that's the case. What does that mean for stocks? I mean, they have been on a tear. You know, everyone kind of recalibrated. We saw big moves. Uh, today there is red on the screen. They snapped a five-day winning streak, um, but the losses are pretty moderate, right? half a percent to a, to a tenth of a percent for the Dow. Is it a matter of just too far, too fast? How are you feeling about U.S. equities here? The rally over the past couple of weeks has been too fast. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense for stocks to rally with that kind of enthusiasm. It does feel like the last gasp, but let's face it. If indeed the expectations come true and we get a recession second half of next year, it's not factored into the earnings forecasts yet. 
and valuations are going to have to come down, whatever happens to interest rates. So stocks are overvalued here, especially if the issues that we are seeing in some known tech companies continue. Yeah, are you alluding to the drama around OpenAI and Microsoft? And yeah, we were just talking about that before we came to air. Hard to kind of sort out what's going on there because we're getting stories out. There's been some good reporting on it, but we're really not getting the full story. Um, and it's interesting. There are some betting platforms. Bloomberg had a piece today that there's still some probability that he returns as a CEO of OpenAI. Maybe Microsoft's okay with that. Maybe he's gone and the whole team leaves for Microsoft. It's it's kind of crazy. By the way, of course, the backbone to that, as I mentioned, NVIDIA out. And as we're on, um, no rest for the weary, right? We're going to keep the pedal set, gas pedal down until we break for this Thanksgiving holiday. We have... Um, Headlines also out right now. There's a briefing of Justice Department and partners announcing cryptocurrency enforcement actions. We did get some news, as Ralph alluded to, on the Binance CEO pleading guilty, saying he'll step down. The SEC also suing Kraken again. What do you make of this? Of, of some of these headlines coming out on the on the enforcement front? Well, with the OpenAI stuff that you did to, and with the crypto enforcement stuff, whiplash. All of us in crypto have whiplash this week. Um, let me open the nice stuff for a second. One thing to watch because this affects the indices, it affects the stock performance, is, is Microsoft's reaction. Everyone's painting this as a great win for Microsoft and it sounds like it was a very clever coup, but it does also inject a lot of risk into Microsoft's price, whether they go through with the acquihire or not. There's just a lot of risk there and the stock market's not valuing that. And onto, onto the crypto, it's totally astonishing this week. It feels like it's Friday already, Maggie, seriously. It's good news though for the industry and the market is indeed reflecting this. The market was heading down today because we get word that there's a DOJ announcement coming today and everyone's wondering, oh dear, who could this be? And that's an uncertainty, which is never good. Then we find out it's Binance and everyone's like, oh, thank God, it's just Binance. And uh, you know, the market re rebounded very, very quickly. The fact that it's a, oh, thank God, it's just Binance reaction says that one, this was expected. We know that this was coming. The DOJ has been investigating Binance for a couple of years now. That's not a secret. And the SEC suit against Binance back in June, you may remember Maggie, laid out a very compelling case for the DOJ. I don't know if it was the SEC doing the DOJ's work for it. I don't think so, but it was a sign that the two departments definitely were talking and that the DOJ had a pretty tight case. The fact that we now know what this enforcement action from the DOJ looks like, that it's a whopping fine, that is good news. That's a, one of the shoes that's been overhanging the market that has dropped. Uh, Binance can pay that. The surprise here, Maggie, and this is good news for the industry as a whole, is that CZ, Shang-Fen Zhao, the founder and CEO of Binance, is pleading guilty in the United States. He's doing so, he's mm. doing so today. That is something that I confess even I didn't expect because he was living in the United Arab Emirates. He could have laid low in in that jurisdiction with non-extradition treaties or any of the any other opportunity alternatives he would have had. But no, he's facing up to this, is pleading guilty, and he's going to, you know, do whatever sentence they hand down, provided it's reasonable, I suppose. What this does, Maggie, is it sort of clears the air. This was a big overhang for the market. It's not a good look for the industry. This clears the air. With this, Binance will be able to continue operations. 
it will be able to continue to e execute its growth strategy, but most of all, it will show the world that it wants to work with regulators. Obviously, this is a new Binance we're talking about, not necessarily the same ethos of the old Binance, but it wants to show that it wants to you know, play with the big boys. It wants to be a serious player, which is really, really good news. That could tempt some more large liquidity players back into this now more serious market. Yeah, the crack, the, the crack it was, sorry. Yeah, it was really interesting uh, about pleading guilty as well. I mean, that was, uh, and and it does give that resolution. Go ahead. What were you going to say about Kraken? I was going to say the Kraken suit, it's pretty much a nothing burger. It's, um, the SEC doesn't really have much of a case there other than interpretation of securities laws, which the courts have not shown a lot of sympathy with. Hey, everyone. We're going to take a quick break right now to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We have that happening on what, and, and it sounds like what, if I hear what you're saying, it's a little bit sort of rear view mirror, like cleaning up, tying up, allowing everyone to move forward. Of course, the shiny object in the future is that Bitcoin spot ETF approval. Um, we've done shows, is it imminent? We keep asking, people keep feeling like it is. It seems like there's movement behind the scenes, but then we don't get anything. What's your what's your sense of of the expectations versus the reality of what might happen here? It's imminent. Uh, it's um, pretty obvious it's going to happen, if not by the end of this year, which I personally expect, then in January almost for sure. And many are speculating that this Binance uh, arrangement, if you like, is part of the bigger picture negotiations going on. I'm skeptical about that, to be honest. I, I know the SEC and DEJ obviously talk to each other, but I don't know if they're actually going to be helping each other out on this, but the Binance cleaning up its act, paying its fine, paying prices as it were for the old the old attitude, um, that is uh, giving uh, the industry, uh, I would say, a sort of new face uh, to the regulators that can help to make this happen. The SEC has not given any signal so far that it is going to deny this. All of the proposals have been refiled with what obviously have been suggestions from the SEC. This is the first time that the SEC has engaged in dialogue with ETF proposals. And we also have Rock and, and several others now filing Easter spot ETF proposals, which I think we can be pretty sure they wouldn't have bothered to do if they weren't fairly confident that they would be able to go through with the Bitcoin spot ETF proposals. So yes, we're going to get Bitcoin spot ETFs very soon. Many are speculating that this will, as other listings have done in the past, mark the market top. You may remember when the CME futures listed back in October 2021, that was memorable. And when we had Coinbase listing and so basically big listings are not good for market sentiment. This one is slightly different though. It's not even slightly different, it's very different because the Bitcoin spot ETF actually implies buying Bitcoin to hold, whereas the others didn't. They are derivatives, including Coinbase even as a derivative that is linked to the crypto prices. So this one has a slightly different underlying thesis. 
And in my opinion, short-term and long-term will be very good for the market. Yeah, interesting. Do you feel like we've seen a big run-up though, right? We've seen crypto prices doing really well or among the best performers this year. Do you think that is in anticipation of the announcement? Is it already priced in or is that just the beginning? Is that Was that just a recovery from the sell-off and, and we can move higher on that kind of announcement? Both, Maggie, to be honest. It is partly the recovery from the overcompensation last year. Last year, crypto was brutally sold off um, too much, you could argue, and so part of it is a recovery from that. Yes, there is a lot of Bitcoin spot ETF speculation in the market already, in the price. Is it priced in? Nothing in crypto is ever priced in, seriously, but <laughs> because it's just not an efficient market. And when we say something is priced in, in traditional markets, we assume that's because everyone knows about it. Well, not everyone knows about crypto yet. It is becoming slightly more mainstream in terms of familiarity and understanding, but it's far from being everywhere yet. So there's a lot of run-up yet to come. We also have the halving coming sometime April or May. That's also going to add some another positive force, another tailwind to the crypto markets because it reduces the selling pressure from the new Bitcoin that come in. And the is it priced in totally? Again, no. And with crypto, one thing that tends to get overlooked is that given the lack of fundamental news, given the lack of earnings or mergers and acquisitions or anything that would drive uh, traditional markets. It is very much based on sentiment, which is mm -hmm. which needs to be driven by media, let's face it. And when Bitcoin is in the headlines with positive tones, as in prices going up or as in an ETF as listed, then that is the best marketing it can have. And this is unfortunate because that is what creates hype and bubbles. That's not good for anyone, but it does tend to be how it works. Plus, and dwindling supply. I mean, 70% of Bitcoin hasn't moved in over a year. That implies it's in the hands of those that are not going to be that eager to sell, especially in a run-up. You'll have more and more large institutions or large players looking for a dwindling available supply. That's that's a really, really good point about sentiment because you do have events that drive things. Um, so that's fascinating. We certainly, and you know, for for a double-edged sword, for the thing that makes it move, but also the thing that has the potential to create hype, we we certainly have seen that. We can sort of, you know, I think all of us generally feel that there's kind of interest again. You're starting to add people ask, which is partly why we launched the Crypto Academy um, to help people so that we don't replay the mistakes of the last cycles when you had so many people rush in, but in a really kind of casino type way. Um, and and got hurt. You know, some of them didn't, depending on what it was. Some of them made a lot, but some people got burned. Um, and it's like everything. So you can learn from that for the next cycle and be smarter about what you're doing. So hopefully, if you are just tuning in and need to get a primer on that, check out the Crypto Academy, certainly, as well as, of course, Noel's Substack, which is amazing. Um, so we've got some questions coming in. I'm keeping my eye out. I said we have NVIDIA. We have a lot, a lot of news crossing. We also have some retail. I think retailers have seen, talk to me a little bit about the consumer while I pull up the questions, because I think somebody just put in the chat, retailers, some of the retailers coming out with some weak news ahead of the, I don't even know if we could say holiday season anymore. It seems like the sales have been going on before Halloween. So I don't even know what that means, but it seems like the consumer is really strong and yet there's kind of mixed picture on the retail side. It all comes down to how the data is measured. We are seeing consumers strong, but what kind of consumers and strong how? We saw retail sales drop this late this past week. Uh, last week we saw, was it last week or this week? God, time's just blending, isn't it? 
uh, we saw a lot of negative news from the retailers. Remember Walmart earnings, the QT earnings were, you know, they didn't raise eyebrows, but you did have some executive comments, which did raise eyebrows. I think it was the CFO who was saying that they saw a very sharp drop in sales in the last two weeks running up to the end of the fiscal quarter, which ended on Halloween. You don't usually get a sharp drop in sales in the run up to Halloween. You have Target warning about uh, same store sales drop, second sales drop, same store sales drop in, in a row, which is astonishing. First time that had happened since 2009. You had Home Depot talking about same store sales drops first time since 2010. And this week I've seen sales warnings from a whole bunch of other retailers, Best Buy, Lowe's, to, just to mention some. The consumer is not very healthy. We're starting also to see unemployment tick up. We saw the actual unemployment rate nudge up to 3.9% and the continuing uh, jobs claim, jobless claims, they're heading upwards as well. We should get some more information on that. I think it's tomorrow. Mm. So yeah, it's it's been it's, it depends on what you're selling, I guess, too, right? People have been leaning into sort of experiences less about actual things, and we have this big shoplifting, smash and grab problem as well, which has kind of been muddying the waters for some of them, I think. Um, John asking a very interesting question. We're going to flip back uh, to Treasuries for a moment. Are the auctions going better because China may be buying again? I mean, obviously, we don't know. But would it would, would be interesting to see Yellen was the first to welcome President Xi. I mean, we don't know, of course, there's no transparency to China. But does that seem like it might be plausible? And how are you feeling about the appetite for Treasuries in general? As you said, they're going well, but there was a lot of concern about that. It should be China. It would make sense. And let's face it, bond prices are probably reasonable value roundabout now. We should also keep an eye on what Argentina is doing now that they've had their election. They've announced plans to dollarize. They're going to want to be accumulating dollar assets. And Japan, I mean, it's a very important uh, factor in the treasury market. Look at what Japan's doing. Earlier this morning, the yields were falling sharply, which would make U.S. yields perhaps slightly more attractive. Mm -hmm. So... I'm trying to make sense of this question. Mark, let me know if I get it wrong. Uh, in your setup, is it still not spring for gold? And will people hide in the U.S. dollar? Then does crypto correlate like it did last time? That is a great question with so many threads to pull on. Um, crypto correlating, my answer to that is going to have to be, well, it, it depends, of course. That's a wishy-washy answer. What I mean is... It is not yet uncorrelated, despite what many analysts will tell you, nor is it necessarily correlated. Crypto will never be totally uncorrelated from traditional risk assets such as equities, simply because sentiment does its thing. And when stock market is falling sharply, especially on the tech side, crypto could get hurt as well because many of the investment, there's an overlap in investors. At the same time, you do have crypto marching to a different rhythm at the moment, and this does also uh, shine another light on gold, and that is things are kind of scary out there. We've got currency turmoil coming up, and the hard asset investment thesis is becoming more obviously attractive to people around the world. It's not so much the United States, but that's just a part of the gold investing market, part of the crypto investing market. So crypto is correlated to a bunch of different narratives and where it moves on any given day relate relative to them. It's going to entirely depend on what else is going on and how people are feeling. It's a difficult waters to navigate at the moment by looking at correlations, which are always backward looking anyway. 
We're going to take another quick break to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. Yeah, that it's true. And this has been a very challenging environment because some of the some of the models haven't lined up and it's it's been very tough. Um Rick, well, let's I was gonna ask this question, but Rick, I'll hold yours for one second. Let me go back to a little broader. Ralph asking, any thoughts on polka dot, Algorand, or Solana? Solana's really been in the headlines. They have. They uh, what they have been doing so well says it says a lot of things. One, we do know that the technologies behind these tokens has been progressing even throughout the winter, and now some of the fruits are becoming more apparent, so it's understandable the valuations would start to head up. We also have the crypto um, investment interest reawakening from a wide range of investors. And when that happens, the new investors tend to start with Bitcoin because that's the gateway asset, if you will. It's the only, it's the most liquid. It's the one with the widest range of on-ramps. But once they have their Bitcoin, they're comfortable with it. They do tend to start moving out on the risk curve and the smaller tokens are riskier. They're certainly more volatile. Even for crypto investors, the same thing. We saw Bitcoin dominance shoot up over the past past year. And it's now starting to come back down again as even crypto investors are rotating out of the safe asset into some of the more volatile ones in the hope of getting extra returns. So my technological uh, opinion on these smaller assets is watch what the developers are doing. And the market sentiment opinion is watch what the risk sentiment is saying. Mm, that's really good advice. And we've heard that before. And that requires doing some homework when when it's when it comes to watching what the developers are doing so you want to know the community and use cases behind it right as you all know ash does a fantastic job uh on that on the platform as does Raul. some of it is on youtube but a lot of it is on our website so if you really want to sort of get in there and do some of the deep digging behind it in fact i think he spoke to not long ago uh, the creator solana for an update so you want to you want to tune into some of those uh pro crypto shows to really get in the weeds on that, but we'll pull as much as we can across all the programming since this is going to be a really important time, as you point out, Noel, to watch this. NVIDIA out after, go ahead. If I can say, if I can say one more thing on that, so sure. important. I think, I think also the episode I think was Ash who did on, on Chainlink is also interesting, but the main thing, Maggie, which you stressed, and I'm going to repeat this as well, because it's so important, is to understand the stories behind them. And stepping back for a second, this is something that hopefully what crypto has been through over the past year and what it is going through now will will spread through to the more mainstream markets. So many crypto investors assume that all crypto assets fall into the same market. And you know, might as well buy Ethereum because it's underperformed and therefore it's going to do just as well and catch up and everything. But hopefully, and hopefully, and this is one thing that Real Vision is doing very, very well is educating people that no, each crypto asset is different. Sure, there are some similarities. You can categorize your tokens if you wish, but the stories, the drivers, they are different. They are fascinating. They matter and they're definitely worth learning about. Yeah, great point. There's a whole ecosystem behind them. And so you're going to, and it's not for everyone. You know, it's it would be like buying a totally different asset class or a stock in one thing and thinking it's interchangeable. It's the same concept. It's just a, in a new area that we all have to, learn more about um nvidia nvidia b oliver i'm um, we're double doing with screens here so i'm going to go right off of what our great uh community is saying uh oliver saying nvidia beat stock is slightly down dan saying revenue and e uh, eps beat um but the stock is trading down a little bit and it does look like it is 
down after hours. But remember, a lot of the time now, it's really going to depend on, um, I'm seeing down nine bucks. I think somebody said it was down as much as 25. Uh, it's really going to depend on what they say on the conference call as well. There's always a little bit of a lag. So I would just caution, wait, um, because people are really starting to ask much more specific questions about their outlook. So I think that's going to be important. So we can see that stock sort of move. So we're not going to put too much into that, what we're seeing right now. Um, but let, let me go back to ask Rick's question, because I wanted to ask the broader question about the um, some of the different coins first. Rick asking, will I, our RIAs rather ultimately be able to hold crypto incline accounts, registered investment advisors here in the States, all over the place? Do you see that happening if you do think an ETF approval is imminent, Noel? It would depend on the ETFs that get approved. I, I've been thinking about this quite a lot, and I've heard quite a few people say, okay, well, now that we get ETH spot ETF, which let's face it, that's also likely because the grounds for approving Bitcoin spot ETF are pretty much the same as for ETH. Um, okay, Solana has to be next, right? But what this overlooks is one of the reasons that the SEC is probably willing to approve the Bitcoin and Ether spot ETFs. And again, I'm extrapolating here. There's no sign of the Ether ones yet is the CME derivatives. There are not yet any CME derivatives on other crypto tokens. Do you think we're going to get them? I think we're going to get them soon as well, because actually my memory fails me here, but I think it was last year, Maggie, that the CME launched 11 benchmark rates for other crypto assets, including Solana, including ADA, including Link, including a bunch of others, 11 benchmark rates. And why would they do this if it's not to get ready for launching derivatives for other crypto assets. When we see the CME launch derivatives for other crypto assets, then that is the next step towards getting mm. crypto ETFs, spot ETFs linked to other crypto tokens. So the answer is yes, they will. It's just a matter of time. That's tremendous. I spoke to the person who does that uh, months ago. We'll have to get him back on. Um, we were we had a kind of limited conversation, but they, there's a lot they had planned. So that's a good reminder. We'll get we'll get them back on and see what their plans are. But a good thing to track and watch. Um, and that is kind of Rick. Great question because that's what everyone's waiting for. Because then, of course, um, just as interesting to your point, Noel, would be the demand for that from clients. So now that we had that blowout casino cycle and now crypto's up again. We talked yesterday, Coinbase, I think up 200% this year. Um, that's been a big mover, Solana and some of the coins, some of the best performers. You can imagine that the clients of those advisors are gonna be asking, what do I need to know? How do I do this? So that that's gonna be very interesting to see how that relationship develops. But that great to point out that key um, aspect of the derivative markets um, that we're gonna need to see. Um, Wanted to get your thought. Uh, wanted to get your thought. Christopher says uh, Nvidia's numbers were fine. Back to business. <laughs> um, I did want to get your thoughts, though. You know this whole AI boom, uh, the whole the OpenAI and Sam Altman aside, has been such a driver for stocks. Does it seem like that's going to continue to be the case, or are we running into thin air up here? And will investors get a little bit more particular about seeing the actual revenue benefit from that as opposed to just knee jerk when any company says AI in their in their conference call or in their forecast? 
running into thin air, Maggie. And, you know, I think you and I discussed this a few months and the situation hasn't really improved. The AI-related stocks have continued going up and we're not really sure why. Let's face it, no one yet knows what the impact of AI is going to be. So how are we putting this into valuations? NVIDIA, sure, they make chips, but there's all sorts of regulatory risk around that, as we have seen recently. And the fact that the stock is off when the earnings Feet. That says that investors are starting to notice that there's really a lot under their feet these days. And when sentiment turns, especially for some of these long duration assets, we, we've seen this before, it can be brutal, especially when there's a lot of regulatory risk, there's a lot of technology risk, and there's certainly a lot of valuation risk. Yeah. And, um, and NVIDIA is up now as we speak, which is why it's important to sort of wait until those conference calls take place. I'm going to squeeze one last question because there's a lot of interest in talking about some of the crypto news. Um, Timothy asking, will all Bitcoin ETFs be the same like Grayscale, GBTC? Ralph's already correcting him, but it, it do you sense that they'll all be the same and they'll just have the name in front of it? Or the, is the construct going to be lo look different if it's a BlackRock versus someone else? We'll see a variety. We already are seeing a variety. There's some, for instance, the Hashtex one, if I'm not mistaken, that is going to hold futures and spot. And mm -hmm. so it's going to be able to do some trading strategies through that, perhaps involving a carry trade, playing the basis trade. Um, there will be other combinations as well. We could well start to see some Coinbase shares mixed with Bitcoin spot ETFs emerge because why not? There will be flexibility. There will be greater investor choice, which is what makes a much more interesting market. I think first, though, the market's going to want to see what the level of demand is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Great answer. Um, you can rest assured that we're all going to be sort of dealing with this in real time. Um you know where to find Noelle's Substack. Brian will put it in. She will be all over it. Um, and we will too. We'll continue to do shows. Uh, everyone here is super focused on this as it develops. Um, and we'll be doing it across the platform. So we'll keep you posted as these things come up and talk to the people who are doing the ETFs. Let's hear from them and what their plans are. I think it's going to be really exciting. Um, Noelle, it's always such a pleasure to talk to you uh, because we're just able to span everything. And it's fantastic. Thank you so much because it's been a hectic week that we're rounding out here. It has, Maggie. Thank you so much for having me. I wish everyone who's celebrating an excellent Thanksgiving because, gosh, we could all use a few days off, right? I know. Exactly. Uh, so we are going to be doing just that. Stay tuned. But as you all know, we are running a crazy Black Friday special right now. 50% off everything, all tiers, all upgrades. Uh, we've got the links there. You can find them on the website. But we're going to be unlocking some special stuff for you to give you a sense of what you get if you want to upgrade. So you can look forward to that. Thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful holiday if you're celebrating. If not, have a great rest of the week and weekend, and we will see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Take care and good luck out there. Hey, all. You know, as a member of our Real Vision community, I want to give you something special. And that special thing is early access to our massive Black Friday sale with an incredible discount plus some more free stuff for you. You see, for me, getting prepared for 2024 is key for all of us. It's going to be a banner macro year. We've got a US election, a crypto bull market. We've got rate cuts to come. We've got technology. We've got everything at play all at the same time. And you need to be prepared for all of that. So realvision.com forward slash early Black Friday. Take advantage of the offers right now and set yourself up for an incredible 2024. Thanks.